Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Good morning. personal testimony. That's my personal testimony. That's exactly how I feel about him. To count, to save, just like me. I know how broken I was. I know how um, mean-spirited I was. I know how confused I was. And then there was Jesus. 
Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. That's old school. That's um Christian Life Center Youth and Mass Choir. Thank you, thank you. That's love. He is so loving. He is so loving. He is so faithful. He the younger one. My God, thank you. That's love. My God, thank you, thank you. That's love. Stretched. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We thank you. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you. We lift up the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. My God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's love. Look at y'all singing. Look at y'all singing. <laughs> He rose again, that's love, that's love, yeah, my God, thank you, 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 three days later, he rose again, that's love, that's love, that's love, that's love, that's love, that's love, my God, there is no greater love, can I tell you something, thank you, Holy Spirit. I want to be obedient. There, that that we will search for um, something greater, and I'm just gonna be real. We'll search for something greater. We will look for something to complete and fulfill us. And it is not in people. It is not in your purpose. Um, it is not in your ministry, your business, your calling, your life. That is not where it's at. The thing that you've been longing for, the thing that you've been searching for, the thing that you've been in need of to complete you is in Jesus. <laughs> like it's in Jesus. And I wish I could articulate this all the time. And I guess because I did all that, right? Like that's my testimony. I did all that. I tried to find love in people. I tried to find love in purpose. I tried to find love in doing. I tried to find love in stuff. The problem was I didn't know how to receive his love because for so long I thought it was tied to moments or instances when it was really just tied to him. When it was really just tied to him, when it was really just tied to him. And it was not until I began to recognize that my identity was in Christ Jesus. Like for real, for real, not I'm saying this, like I really begin to recognize my identity was in Christ Jesus. When I really begin to recognize if someone never acknowledged me, if someone never liked a video, if someone never bought into what I was saying, um, if nobody ever knew who I was, if my degrees didn't turn out the way that I wanted them to, um, I begin to recognize the only thing that was going to fulfill the longing. See, because this is the thing that I learned that people will leave. <laughs> 
People will leave. People leave, people leave in death. People leave in being indecisive. People leave in not loyal, not consistent. People will do that. People will always do that. People die and they're not trying to. Um, all kinds of things happen. All the, people, people, people turn. It's just strange. People get strange. People are strange, right? And so if I try to find my center in people, if I think everything is divine on a relationship, a marriage over my children, um, and I think I have been gifted or been in a position or a place where people have left so much, I think because I I've experienced that not just like through death, but just I've, I've I've had to learn how to say goodbye in some very difficult places. I've had to learn how to let people leave me and be okay with people leaving me. Understanding that people leaving me is not the sum total value of who I am. Like I I'm just being my testimony. I've had to be. I've had not me leave. I've had to be okay with people walking in and out of my life. I'm just, can I just be real for just a second this morning? It may help somebody, right? And so since I've learned that, I've learned that the relationship of what I need to feel fulfilled, the relationship of what I need, um, all the things, the loneliness, all of those, all of those things, all of those things and that have happened, right? Like all of those things that have happened in my life, all of the things that have happened in seasons, I have learned that no matter what, my trust and my truth have to remain in him. Like my trust and my truth have to re remain in him. As a matter of fact, the scriptures told us in our last days, there, there were going to be wars and rumors of wars. There was going to be father against son and mother against daughter. Like the scripture foretells us that these things are going to happen. Like just being for real, that these things are going to happen. These things were going to manifest. And so I don't put my hope and trust in man. I don't put my hope and trust in people, right? I fall in love with God and then he helps me to love people, but people don't complete us. Like people don't complete us. And I, and, and, and I think that's been the problem so that when people do get up and leave or when people don't do the things that um, we expect them to do. Now, that does not mean we're not supposed to be isolated. That does not mean we're not interrelated, interconnected and interdependent on each other. I'm not saying that. I truly believe we need each other. But I think if we get the resolve and understand the fullness of our relationships come through Christ Jesus. If, if we get the if we get the fullness if we get to get to really understanding that the fullness of my relationship comes through Christ Jesus that only God can complete me that only like only only God can make me up only God can fulfill me then at no point and no place will we try to allow people to take the place of God that we will never try to allow people to take the place of God so even when we're disappointed even and can I tell you something? Can I can can I say this Holy Spirit? Yes. Can I tell you? Can I tell you um, the assignment? Like the assign. If if people are not to take the place of God, how you know if people are take have taken the place of God in your life is when people do leave you. Do you run to God or do you run after that person? 
Like, do will you detach from God to go get that person? Will you detach from God to go be in that relationship? <laughs> will you detach from God to make sure that late relationship has priority? Will you detach from God to pursue that relationship? Will you detach from God to make that relationship a priority? That's how you know whether or not people supersede God. I'm just, can I just, can I just, can I just be, can I just be real? That's how you know. That's how you know whether or not your relationship with God is stable. Because if I'm trying to pursue the relationship, if I'm trying to, if I'm trying to pursue the relationship, if I'm trying to pursue that relationship more than I pursue God, then it is a clear sign that that, Relationship is probably an idol. That relationship is probably seated in heavenly places when that relationship will not is not supposed to be seated in heavenly places. Um, if I need a person's approval more than I need God's approval. If God is calling you into a season of um, to be by yourself, if God is calling you into a different place, if God is calling you, whatever it is, whatever God is saying to you, like whatever God is saying to you, if I position what people think, I'm just being, I'm just being honest. If I position what people think over what God is saying, if I position people over what God is saying, if I position people over what God is doing, then, then those people have become my God, right? And so if I'm constantly, so listen to this, I want you to get a mental image of this so that, that we reset our relationship with God being God. Sometimes you just had to have someone um, come to you and say, listen, check yourself, right? Buy the house I south. Ask God to provide you clarity because we will say, oh no, I don't ever let people be above me or oh, be above God. Oh no, I don't ever let people interfere with my relationship with God. And even when someone ups, can I give you just some real this morning? Even when someone upsets me, if I mistreat them, because God told me to love, love compassionately, love completely, love wholly. Um, even if they sin against me, I'm still supposed to love. If someone upsets me and I badly mistreat them, justify, there's still something more in that relationship that supersedes God. So let me just give you a few scriptures to back up what I'm saying about your relationship between God and man. Psalms 118 and 8 says, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. <laughs> it is better. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. And then Micah 7 and 5 says, trust ye not a friend, but put ye confidence in a guide, right? Keep the doors of thy mouth from her that lieth in thy bosom. Jeremiah 17, 5 says, thus said the Lord, curseth the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh in his arms and whose heart departeth from the Lord. If I trust in man before I trust in God, then my heart will depart from the Lord. It will depart from the Lord and we won't even recognize that our heart is departing from the Lord. Like we won't even recognize. And so when we say there's no greater love than God, when we say there's no greater love than God, then that becomes our supreme focus to put. So so if it doesn't work out the way we thought, if it doesn't manifest the way we thought, God is still like God is still God. Like God is still God. And it takes, it takes a maturity. 
It takes a maturity to let the word be the word in your life. It takes a maturity to put relationships over here when so many of us have been seeking, right? Seeking these relationships to complete us. Yep, we've had parents who failed us. Yep, we are disconnected from our children. Nope, absolutely none of it is from God. It is the evil presence of the enemy. But the the reality and the truth becomes that our Truth, our love, our fullness of who we are is in in God, right? Psalms 118 and 9 says, it is better to trust in Lord than to put confidence in princesses, right? And so we have to do that. Galatians 6 and 3 says, for if a man thinketh himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself, right? Even if, can I say this, Holy Spirit? Even if you're in a relationship and someone tries to um, make you dependent upon this relationship, make put a demand on you to put the relationship before God. I don't even know why we're going in this direction, except it's in the leading of the Holy Spirit. Even if you're in a relationship and someone tries to pull you in a position or a place for that relationship to supersede your relationship with God. If someone tries to demand you, for my single ladies, if you are dating and you are with someone and they want you to put your relationship with God on the back burner to them, that is a clear sign that he doesn't have the capacity to love you like Christ loves the church. If he is not running you, pushing you, pulling you, pushing you towards God, that is a clear sign that he does not have the capacity to love you like Christ loves the church. That's a that's a sign. That's a sign. That's a sign you may need to escape. That's a sign you may need to walk away. That's a sign. And I, I'm, I'm talking about that he pushes you into the presence of the Lord, that he calls you into the presence of the Lord, that he demands you enter into the presence of the Lord. That is a clear sign that he probably does not have the capacity to love you like Christ loves the church. Anything that interferes with your relationship with God, my God has the potential to become an idol, has the potential to overwhelm you, has the potential to consume you, and it's a sign. So, so we have to we have to be careful in our relationship. Second Timothy three thirteen and seventeen says, "But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and deceiving and be deceived." And the enemy is very deceptive. The enemy is very deceptive. He knows how to trick you. He knows. He knows how to uh, set a trap for you by baiting you with the things that you've longed after that you thought you needed to be fulfilled by. I ain't going to scream this morning. Come on, Holy Spirit, talk to us. He knows how to bait you. He knows how to bait you with the things. He knows how to fix things in a way that are presented in the way that it's still things or stuff or moments or cons or he knows how to do it. He knows how to be crafty. He knows how to definely align it to deceive it so that you your position and it and it all oh, can I say this Holy Spirit? Yes. And I promise you it'll look like things you've been praying for. Lord, we buy the I salve. We buy the I salve this morning. We buy the I salve this morning. Give us ears to hear. We buy the I salve. He knows how to position you in a position. He knows how to position you in a job. He knows how to put you in a relationship. He knows how to shift you. He knows what you've been longing for. He knows what you've been looking for. He knows what you thought would complete you. He knows what you he knows the position. He knows the title. He knows the city. He knows the 
state. He knows what he looks like. He knows what he smells like. He knows what she looks like. He knows what he smells like. Like he, all, of, all of that. Like he knows that. Like he knows that. He's very dece deceitful. He's very good at discovering you. He's very good as, at watching you, right? He knows that. He knows if you've been looking for something to fulfill you other than God. Because when you're looking for just God to fulfill you, it is why discernment is important, Shannon. It is why you need to get familiar. It is why you have to spend time studying the word of God so you know whether or not this is from God. It is. He knows where you're impatient. He knows where you're lacking. He knows where you're deficient. He knows where you're insufficient. And the reason he knows those things is because he's watched your pattern of things Put in your place. He's watched your pattern. Things that you put in the place of God. He's he's watched the idols. He's watched. He he watched. And when God is God, God is like, I want to know that you're gonna serve me, love me, and worship me if the house never happens. But if I think a house is the only way God is gonna bless me, right? I want to know that you love me and will serve me if the marriage never happens. Like, will you continue in your relationship with me? Will you remain steadfast? Will you remain immovable? Will you seek me? If it doesn't, if the prayers don't happen till years later, will you continue to remain steadfast and do the work of the Lord? If right now I don't see the yes, I don't see it promised, I don't see it manifest, will I stay on track? The enemy knows whether you will or not because He's watched what you substitute. He'll watch. He watches what you substitute. He watches what you put in place. He watches if you put food in the place of God. He watches if you put um, drugs in the place of God. He watches if you put alcohol in the place. He listens for clear things in which God is not your God. <laughs> in which God is not your God. And one of um, our, if we assume we know, if we're not consistently broken and contrite and, and checking ourselves before him. First, yeah, First Corinthians 15, 58, be steadfast, be immovable. Um, immovable means not to be moved, continuing in the work of the Lord. He does. He studies us. But no one knows. He does, Danita. He waits on you to work, drop your guard. He waits on you to drop your guard. He's looking for for you to drop your guard. He knows when your guard is down. He knows when you're impatient. He knows when you won't press in prayer. He knows when you won't seek the father for things that only you should be seeking the father for. He he does he's so con he's so contentious. He's so intentional. He in he intentional. He's so intentional. He's, that's how he is. He's so intentional, right? And if we don't, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not into our own understanding. But so many of us lean into our own understanding. We define the way that it should go. We define the way that it should go. We're not waiting on God to show us the way that it should go. I don't care if it's your, I don't care if it's your mama. I don't care if it's your dad. I don't care who it is. I don't care how broken the relationship it is. We have to make sure, my God, that we understand that nothing will fulfill us other than the love of God. Nothing. There is nothing that's going to, there is no city. Can I, can I share my testimony? Can I share just a little bit of my testimony with y'all this morning? I was running from myself. I was, I had been in an abusive relationship. Um, 
Can I say this? I had two sons. I was not married. Um, out of wedlock, however you want to say it. Um, I was coming to the end of myself. I was broken. Um, I was devastated. I did not know who I was. I did not have my identity in Christ. I have been in church. This is the thing I need to communicate. I have been in church all my life. I am a preacher's kid. I come from a preacher's kid who is a preacher's kid, right? <laughs> I come from, a, um, my grandmother is an evangelist. I come from a long line of pastors. I have been in church all my life, all my life. I loved the Lord with all my heart, yet I was still deceived in so many ways because I didn't know that my identity was in Christ Jesus. And so I was at the end of this very broken relationship and I thought the only thing that was going to save me was that I moved. And so that's what I did. I packed up my dad bags and I moved from Arkansas and I moved to Michigan and I spent two years in Michigan. And what I will begin to notice is that I began to repeat some of the same behaviors. I'm just going to be real with you this morning. Hopefully it frees somebody this morning. I began to repeat some of the same behaviors. I began to become involved in some of the same relationship. Um, I had some of the same bad habits. The toxicity went with me because the toxicity was inside of me. And moving did not fix me. Moving did not fix me. Moving did not shift me. Moving did not change me. Moving, no, no, because my identity was still lost. My identity wasn't found in Christ. I thought moving to a different place and a different thing was going to fix and butter up. No, the problem still went with me because the problem was me. And because I was not whole and sound and I had not found my identity in Christ, because I had not found my identity in Christ, because I didn't know that God, there was no greater love than God, because I didn't know I was still moving and putting my trust in other people and looking for other people to complete me and looking for other, <laughs> looking for other people to make me whole and looking for other people. And none of that, none of that, none of that helped. None of, none of that made the difference. None of that changed me. None of, none of that, none of that created a new me. It is not, it was, it was not, it, it was not a new me. It didn't create a new me. No, I was still trying to put my trust in man. I was still trying to put my hope and my trust in man. Right? And then as I began to come back to Arkansas two years later, yes, yes, come on, Dolly, still attracted to like spirits. When I began to come back to Arkansas two years later, two years after be gone, I had to come to face with me. I had to come to face with me when I got back here third time and I began to gravitate towards some of the same situations again once I left and came back. <laughs> come on, Lord, heal us this morning. Come on, Lord, heal us this morning. Come on, Lord, heal us this morning. So when I began to come back, when I came back this way and I began to gravitate to some of the same relationships and I began to gravitate into some of the same behavior and I came begin to gravitate into some of the same circle, I recognized that again, the problem was not my environment. The problem was me. <laughs> The problem was my brokenness. The problem was my self-centeredness. When I found myself self-dating the same type of guy three times again, the problem was never anybody else. Can I tell y'all something? Can I just be real, real this morning? The problem even wasn't my parents. The problem wasn't what the situation that I was born in. The problem was I could not blame, I could not blame anybody else. Nobody else was the problem. The problem was I needed to do the inner work within. 
I had put my hope and trust in all the wrong things. There were scales on my eyes. I did not have ears to hear. I did not have ears to hear. I was not humble enough. Pride. And it seemed like the more degrees I got, the more educated I got, the more lost I was. I, there's nothing wrong with education. There's nothing wrong with education. There's My education has helped me tremendously. But it just seemed like the more that I attached myself to stuff, the more that I attached my identity to things external, other than my identity in Christ Jesus, the more that I began to recognize how lost I was. And it wasn't until I positioned myself before God, very broken. That's why people always say, um, how did you get to this place? I was in a position in a place where I had absolutely nothing left. <laughs> I was in a position and a place in which I had nothing left. I don't, I don't, I, I had, I was so broken. I was so distraught. I had used my own self up. My behavior was very cyclic. My mind was not the mind of Christ. Now I'm telling you, I again have been in church all my life. <laughs> come on, come on, butterfly. Using things to cover what we really need, right? Instead of Jesus. That just, just instead of Jesus. And so it was not until like, really, I had nothing left. Like, nothing was working for me. Everything was crazy around me. And I just had to finally, in my brokenness, in my living room, I was laying on the couch, and I just had to surrender myself to God. Like, I had to make a decision. These things, because I really thought marriage was going to fix me, <laughs> right? I wanted to get married so marriage would fix me. I want to get married so I could come out of my sin. I didn't understand that marriage was a ministry. I didn't understand marriage was a calling. I didn't understand what marriage was really about, right? And so I was looking for all of these things to complete me. It was not until I surrendered. I'm just going to be reckon I'm just going to be real with you. It wasn't until I surrendered and I was laying on my couch and my TV I had no cable. Had absolutely no cable. And I was laying on my couch. And as I was laying on my couch, I think Joyce Meyer was on. And as I was laying on my couch and Joyce Meyer was on, I was I could feel the power of God. And at that time, I had just began to kind of detach myself from people. Um, I realized that I was way too broken. I had come home. I never had got fired from a job. I got fired from a job. Um, so I didn't have a job. I was living in my mom's house. Can I be just real? I was living in my mom's house. I was living in my mom's house. I didn't have any income. My kids are in the house, right? And all of this is going on. And I'm in the, I ain't got no money. I'm in my most broken state ever. I think I was starting to substitute teach. It's humiliating. I am broken. I am overwhelmed. I am consumed. And I can see myself now laying on this couch. And I had just been listening to Joyce Meyer and ever, so, several other teachers again and again and again. And then prior to that, I had already been having dreams about me speaking in front of a whole bunch of people, right? Um, and God would kind of meet me in this place and begin to guide me into a new direction. And I would begin to understand the, the, the relationship with him. And I would begin to understand that my identity in Christ was really in him. <laughs> my identity was really in him and not church. And not religious overflow, overtures, and not a whole lot of doing. At first, I thought that was it. Like, I thought that was it. And it wasn't that. It was, it was other things. It was understanding who I was in Christ. It was understanding the knowledge of how he completed me. It was understanding that 
And even in, in prayer, he was desiring a relationship with me. It was understanding how he called me, how he foreknew me, how he destined me, how in my mother's womb, he had already called me and set me apart. <laughs> like I, in the most broken place. That's why um, even now I tell you all all the time. One of the things I pray about is pride because pride will confuse me. Pride will confuse me. And so let me give you a few scriptures about finding your identity in Christ, right? Finding your identity in Christ. Um, John 1, 11 and 13, he says he was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You were born of God. You were born of God. You got to get that. You got to understand that, that I was born of God. When I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I was born of God. Like this is where my, I did, you, it will be so, remember we've been in this journey of learning God as good shepherd, learning how to lean out into our own understanding. You will never understand or really be led, let him lead you as good shepherd if you don't understand you were born of God. Like if you think you were still born of your parents, if you still believe that you are of this world, you will really not understand because he leads by by the spirit, baby, not by the flesh. <laughs> he leads, he does not lead by your flesh. He does not lead with the physical. He leads by the spirit. He leads by faith. So you got to begin to understand first that you were born of God. You got to understand, I need to know that I was born of God. So Holy Spirit, you're going to have to help me see this. You're going to have to help me discern this because I've always had my identity in other people. I've always had my identity in other stuff. I've always had my identity in the call. I've always had my identity in the business. No, I need to understand that I was born of God. When I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I became made whole. I became new. And then I became born of God. My identity is in Christ. My identity is not in this world. My identity is not in the marriage. My identity is not in the children. My That's not what my identity lies in. My identity lies in the fact that I was born of God. John 1 and 12 said, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. He gave you the right to become children of God. Ephesians 1 and 5 says, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will. And so then your question this morning is, Lakeisha, how do I, how do I reroute my identity? How do I come back into a position or place to understand that if I have been living a life contrary to what you are saying here, how do I get my identity in Christ? You get your identity in Christ through the word of God. And then John 14 and 26, that's why Romans says to us, do not be conformed to this world. <laughs> do not be conformed to this world. You're going to have to renew your mind in the word. You're going to have to renew your mind. You're going to have to get your identity back. My God, you're going to have to get your identity back. And the only way you're going to get your identity is you become more familiar with the one that created you. You come into a better relationship with the one that created you so that when the enemy does come in like a flood, the word becomes a standard. My God. 
When the enemy comes in like a flood, the world becomes a st the word is the standard for your identity. The word is a standard for who you are in Christ Jesus. The word is a standard for everything connected to you. So that when do when people do get up and leave, when stuff does shift and change, when the job ends, you don't lose yourself. You don't lose it. <sighs> You don't lose yourself. You won't lose yourself because you know no matter the circumstance or situation, God said he'll never leave me or forsake me. God said he'll never leave me for, or forsake me. That's good, Miss Beverly. She said, I need to get my identity back. I need to know who I am. I need to understand how I was developed. I need to understand how he sees me. I need to understand what he says about me. I need to understand how he, who knows you better than the one that created you? Who knows you better than the one that formed you? Who knows you better than the one that knitted you in your mother's womb? He said in Psalms 139, you can go to the depths of hell and I'm still there. I'm still, I'm still there. I'm still there. I'm still there. So in Ephesians 1 and 5, when he says he predestined us for adoption, he already designed this for you. He already destined this for you. It doesn't matter how bad you are. It doesn't matter how many things you've done wrong. It doesn't matter. None of that matters to him because he, he already predestined you. And according to his pleasure and his real, I was born of God. I, was, I tell people all the time, we were created for God, by God, for the glory of God. We were created by God for the glory of God. I'm going to say it one more time. We were created by God for the glory of God, right? Romans 15 and 7, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God, right? Colossians 2, 9 and 10, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority, so when Christ brings me to fullness, it looks different. Philippians 1 and 6 says, he'll finish and complete this. I don't have to finish and complete this by making things, things up. I'm already complete. I'm already finished. I'm already done. I just have to be developed. I just have to walk into my identity. I just have to understand who I am in Christ Jesus. I've just been offset by the things of this world who have tried to gain and get more importance than Jesus. People be like, you're a Jesus freak. You're right because my identity is in Christ. My identity is Christ. I've got to be a Jesus freak. My, I need to live like Christ. I'm here to be a conduit. My gifts and talents are supposed to be submitted to God to be used for his glory. To be used for his glory. I'm not an accident. I'm not a mistake. I'm not an orphan. I'm not. No, who I am is in Christ Jesus. So I got to become a Jesus freak so I can become more like Christ. I got to get a revelation and understanding of who I am in Christ. I got to know what this word says. So when the world tells me I'm terrible, when the world isolates me, when the world calls me weird, when the world, when the world comes at me trying to fulfill me with things that are not of God, then I shift my perspective back to my identity in Christ. I shift my perspective. I shift my being. I shift my belonging. So when the world takes something precious away from me, can I say this? When I, can I tell you this? Can I just be clear and give you a line of something that happens between my husband and I as he was making his transition? I remember, I remember he looked at me and I looked at him and I need you to hear me in this because we will lose our identity in people, right? And I was content 
and doing what I needed to be and being his wife. But there was something more to me and my husband knew this, right? And I don't know what conversations he and God had because that was his personal relationship with God. But I was looking him in his face and I was crying and I said to him, you're leaving me. This was when he was making his transition to Christ Jesus. I said, you're leaving me. You're getting ready to go, baby. I could tell you're leaving me. And he looked me in my face and he said, if I do not leave, you will never become what you're supposed to become to this world. If I do not go, you will never become what you're supposed to become to this world. If I do not leave, you will never become what you're supposed to become to this world. And the reason that you'll never become because you come because you will take care of me for the rest of your life because you are loyal to a default. You will never, if I do not go be with the Father, I don't know what him and God talked about. I don't know what the circumstance was. I don't know what the situation was. It wasn't for me even to try to figure it all out. Some things I just have to trust. He said, but if you do not go, if I do not go, Lakeisha, I know you, you will take care of me for the rest of your life. <laughs> you will not, you were not created just for me. You were created for the world. And if you were created for the world and you stay in this common place, you're not going to go and make impact the way you were supposed to make impact. And every day now I live with that because I get it. I get, I get the greater understanding. <laughs> I understand. So when he left me, I didn't lose myself. I felt like I was losing my mind. I actually, when he left me, gained my identity. I gained my identity. I began to recognize and realize who I was in Christ Jesus. And yes, Dana, some stuff you just got to trust. I don't have to understand God all. I just got to trust him. This faith life looks different. Let me give you one more scripture and then we're going to get out of here. First Corinthians 6 and 17. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. <laughs> yes, Yara. He, and he knew it. He knew it, y'all. He knew it. He said, tell me all the time on the sacrifice. You don't know who I am. He's like, you don't know who I am. He knew it. He knew it. When he left, he said, okay, I'm ready to go home and be with Jesus. He knew his time. He, we don't know the seasons. I was, leading, I was reading Ecclesiastes this morning. We don't know the seasons, right? We don't understand. Ecclesiastes 3, 1, 3, 1 and 8, there is an opportune time to do things, a right time for everything on the earth, a right time for birth and another for death, a right time to plant and another to reap, a right time to kill and another to heal, a right time to destroy and another to construct, a right time to cry and another to laugh, a right time to laminate and another to cheer, a right time to make love and another to abstain, a right time to embrace and another to part, a right time to search and another to count your losses, a right time to hold on and another to let go, a right time to rip out and another to mend. A right time to shut up and another to speak up. A right time to love and another to hate. A right time to wage war and another to make peace. But in the end, does it really make a difference what anyone does? I've had a good look at what God has given us to do, right? Busy work, mostly. True. God made everything beautiful in itself and in its time. In its time. But he's left us in the dark so we can never know what God is up to, whether he's coming or going. I've decided that there's nothing better to do than to go ahead and have a good time, eat, get the most we can out of life, right? Make the most out of life. Make the most out of your job. It's God's gift. 
I've also concluded that whatever God does, that's the way it's going to be always. No addition, no subtraction. God's done it and that's it. So that's why we'll quit asking questions and simply worship in holy fear. My God, whatever was is, whatever will be is, that's how it always is with God. My God, God's testing us. I took another good look at what's, okay, pause there, Holy Spirit. So we got to understand the seasons. We got to understand the cycles. We got to understand, but can I tell you this? No matter the season or the cycle, if your identity is rested in Christ, you won't shift out of position. Even if you fall, you're going to get back up when you understand the season and the cycle of your life. When you understand the fullness of who God is. When you understand what God is saying and how he foreknew you and how he predestined you. Even cycles, seasons and cycles will knock, knock you out of place. Because you understand that it's all still at the end of the day about God. So be anxious for nothing. <laughs> Everything in prayer and supplication, making your requests known before him and with thanksgiving, knowing he's the God and he is going to answer us. My God. So we drive out mistrust right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, we thank you for our daily portion. We thank you for this daily bread today. We cancel every assignment of the enemy off our thoughts, every assignment out of our life that has tried to rush you, every assignment against our life that has tried to let us be complete in other things. We drive that out right now in the name of Jesus. We bind our mind to the mind of Christ and we bind our will to the will of God and we take our limitations off of you right now in the name of Jesus. We are not going to barter and beg for what you already said we have. We are not going to barter and beg for who you already said we were. We are not going to barter and beg for our future and our destiny. Father God, we are going to trust you more. We're going to love you with deeper revelation. We're going to seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Now, in the name of Jesus, I drive out all manner of cancer my God, in the name of Jesus, cancer, I curse you at the root. I'm sick of you. I'm over you. You cannot exist against God's people. We command you to dry up right now in the name of Jesus. Cancers of the brain, brain tumors, right now in the name of Jesus. FOMA, right now we drive you out in the name of Jesus. Breast cancer, we drive you out in the name of Jesus. Cancer of the livers, we drive you out right now in the name of Jesus. Skin cancer, we drive you out right now in the name of Jesus. Anything in our stomachs, can cancer of the stomach, stomach pain, stomach ulcers, we drive you out right now in the name of Jesus. We command that you live, woman of God. We command that you live, man of God. My God, according to your destiny, we drive out all manner of sickness and disease right now. My God, thank you, Father. Thank you, you are healer. Thank you, you are our reasonable portion. We drive out throat cancer right now in the name of Jesus. We drive out eye cancer right now in the name of Jesus. We drive out skin cancer right now in the name of Jesus. My God, we drive out all manner of leukemia, cancers against the blood. We drive you out right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father God, that the body of Christ is healthy, healed, and made 
Oh my God, that's it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, we drive out of all kidney cancers, all rare forms of cancers, things that they do not understand. We drive you out right now in the name of Jesus. No brain to, we drive you out. We decree and declare that you are set free and made whole in the blood of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. Whoa. I love y'all. I gotta go. I love y'all so much. My God, this was so good to me for me today. This was liberating. This was freedom today. Let's make sure we understand that there is no greater love than Jesus. And wherever you are struggling with your validity and wherever you are struggling with your worth and whatever you are struggling with your identity, wherever you are struggling with that, Right now, in Jesus' name, I just decree and declare that your eyes are open, that you by the eyes out, that you have ears to hear right now in Jesus' name, so that you can walk in the fullness of who he called you to be in Christ Jesus. So you can walk in the fullness of who he called you to be in Christ Jesus and nothing else. If this is your first time here, we welcome you. Um, my God, we thank you, Lord God. Um, if God places it on your heart to become a partner with this ministry, to give to this ministry, go over to the website, LakeishaMJohnson.com. Kick the donate, donate button. You can get on the website and find out all the things that we do with the money that comes into the ministry. If you have any questions, just email us, my God, or you can cash app us, dollar sign LMJ ministry. My God, but go give today if God places it on your heart today. I promise you, your obedience is better than your sacrifice. And I can say that by faith because I live that way. My second thing to you is if you've never accepted Jesus Christ and Lord and Savior, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ and Lord and Savior, this is your time. This is your moment. This is your hour. All you got to do is repeat it after me. Believe this in your heart and trust this to be your word. Dear Jesus, my God, I've sinned against you. I am sorry for my sins. I ask you to come into my heart and take away my sins. I promise to love and follow you as best as I can. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. If you pray that prayer, email me. Email me. Send me an email, info at justbeinglmj.com, and let me send you some materials. Let me continue to disciple you. I want you to know how important you are to God. I want you to know how much God loves you. My God, now let me decree a blessing over you. I decree and declare. The rest of your days are blessed because the Lord said so. I decree and declare that the rest of your days are blessed because the Lord says so. That doesn't mean you don't have a trial. That doesn't mean something doesn't happen. But I decree and declare that the rest of your days are blessed because the Lord says so. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see y'all in the morning. Oh, ladies, Bible study tonight. Don't forget, we changed the time. Facebook, Zoom. See you tonight. See you tonight. We'll drop the flyer and all that stuff in just a minute. I love y'all so much. Be prepared. Tonight, Mondays, remember, we're shifting temporarily to Bible study on Monday nights. So Monday night, tonight, plug your calendar in. Look at your schedule. Remind yourself, ooh, Bible study is tonight. <laughs> it's tonight. It's tonight. It's tonight. It's tonight. So I'll see you tonight at Ladies Bible Study. I love you guys so, so much. We're starting at 7 p.m. tonight. Remind yourself that not six o'clock. We're starting at 7 p.m. tonight, Central Standard Time. So I'll see you at 7 p.m. Love y'all. Love. Peace. Peace and blessings. Go be loved today. See you. See you in a Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, 
Log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.